welcome to the Magic Musicals and Theatre Podcast. And in this edition, I'm talking to Melanie C and finding out that, well, there's a lot more to her than just being a Spice Girl. Well, today's podcast, I have got in the studio with me Melanie C. I'm going to just list a few of your achievements first. So oh, go on then. Don't, don't blush too much. <laughs> You've sold 80 million, 80 million records. Uh, it says your first solo album in 1999 went triple platinum, produced four top five singles. You've sold 20 million records as a solo artist. And of course, on top of that, you've been uh, having a show on, on Magic. Yeah. So, which obviously has topped... Well, it's Anything else? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought that you'd say that. <laughs> um, but and obviously, your history with the Spice Girls is well documented. Everybody knows all about it. So I want to go before that Ooh. and talk about some different things, and also talk about your theatrical career. Yeah. So you trained at Doreen Bird, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Tell me how to, how did that happen? Well, I always loved to dance, and I think it was probably around the age of eight when I decided. That was the career path I wanted to take, at least to be performing. And my mum's a singer. Oh, and is she? It, yeah. It's funny because I always loved to sing, but I never really had a lot of confidence in my voice. I was more about the dancing side of things, and I love to act as well. So I did a lot of that through school. I did it after school, on Saturdays. And as I got older, into the teenage years, thinking about what was going to happen beyond school... I knew of, of course, you could go off and you could go to dance colleges, performing arts colleges, and there was nothing else that I had an interest in. So I put all of my energy into that. And my mum was very supportive and my dad was very concerned. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and it came to the time when I was, it was time for auditions and we came down to London and I did a few. And, and there was, um, the, the school I actually wanted to go to was a school called Bush Davis, which was yes, in East Winstead. Yeah. I loved ballet. I, I had these desires to be a prima ballerina, which was never going to happen. I just don't have the physical attributes, but it was a nice pipe dream. And as you know, as well as that, I, I loved musical theatre and Dorian Bird was second on my list, but I auditioned for a few and it, it was quite small at the time. I'm not sure what it's like now, um, but it was quite hard to get in. So we went down and we, we did the audition day and I and I got in. And did they tell you there and then? Or did no, you we to had wait for to a wait. Yes. And I remember it well and, and I suppose lots of people waiting for, you know, getting places in uni and different colleges all go through this, don't they? And we all knew that if you got a thin envelope, it was a no. Yeah. And the thick one, obviously, because I had all the info in, it was a yes. <laughs> so a thick envelope arrived on the mat oh, and um, I was so excited quite nervous obviously I was moving a very long way from home I grew up in Liverpool or just outside Liverpool in a place called Widnes which is in the northwest and I was moving to Sidcup Kent and how old were you I was 16 now, it's quite young to quite young. go to the other end of the country. Yeah. And, and did they put you living with, with a family or something? We or were in a... digs, yeah. You lived with families until you were 18 and yeah. then you were allowed to go off and have your own private flats. And did you have a nice family who looked after you um, well? We had quite a crazy family. It was a really busy house. There were seven girls oh, right. from the college and um, the husband and wife had two children as well. She was also a child manager of the day. So it was chaos. Um, but it was wonderful. And I think because there were seven of us all going through the same thing and we were all from very different parts of the country, different backgrounds, that it, w it was lovely. It was a real, you know, I learned a lot 
just from, you know, mixing with people that I'd never met people like that before. And then you focused not just on dance, but also presumably on the on the singing and acting more. Yeah. But, um, but presumably you were like top of the class for the dance thing. <laughs> well, you know, it was very competitive. It's a really good college. It's a very high standard and, you know, I was lucky to get in. Um, so I worked really hard, as we all did. And, um, yeah, at the end of it, my... My big dream was to work in the West End. And my my fantasy had always been to work in the music industry, to be a pop star. That was the thing. Madonna was my idol. And, you know, that seemed very unrealistic. And so I thought, well, I'd work in the theatre then. Well, <laughs> like, it's as easy as that, you know, because actually working in the theatre, it's a really difficult thing to get into as well. There's so many great, talented people out there. So I was going out, I was auditioning for shows and lots of other things when... I was given a flyer for a girl band and um, I went along to that and I think people know the rest. Yeah, they, they do know the rest. <laughs> so you sort of did it backwards because you thought you'd go into West End Theatre and then you might be a pop star. Yeah. <laughs> As it happens, you were quite a big pop star yeah. and then you came back really and worked yeah. in... So um, was Blood Brothers the fir- your first West End big it show was. really that you did it was my first audition after the audition for the band which became the Spice Girls and I I stood in Bill Kenwright's office and I read for him and I sang for him and he was petrifying and um, he was wonderful he was so nurturing and and gave me a wonderful opportunity and and I got so much more out of Blood Brothers than I ever imagined because really my decision to do it was more of a personal challenge but it was received so well and I felt really embraced by the theatre community and that had never really crossed my mind going into it. Yeah. And of course, perfect because you're from Liverpool, well, from near Liverpool and it's yeah. a Liverpudlian piece. Yeah. So at least you didn't have to learn the accent. I didn't like have to worry about the accent. Have had to do doing that, that was fine. Yeah, and, and it's a wonderful show and I think it's daunting in that it's a, it's a very harrowing role. It's very mm, emotional. Yeah. It takes a lot out of you and you're on stage a lot. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's something like... 14 minutes when you're not on stage which actually for your first show is pretty good when you're used to being on stage throughout I think those moments in the dressing room sometimes doing eight shows a week and I did a six-month contract they can you know they can make things drag but when you're on stage you're yes, very much it goes alive quickly. Yeah. yeah it certainly goes quickly and you were nominated for an Olivier award I was. so your first West End Roland Boom, straight to the top. I know. Unbelievable. Because going into it, I really didn't think beyond trying to do a good job. You know, I didn't think about reviews or award nominations. And yeah, it was incredible. It was That was a bit of a fairy tale within itself, actually, that whole era. And the only thing you didn't do in that, of course, was dance, really, because Mrs. Johnson doesn't dance. She doesn't do much. At the end of Act One, there's there's quite an upbeat song where they all move to Scammersdale. Um, Mm. So there's a little bit of dancing involved there, but, um, yeah, it's pretty basic. Yes, yes. Then after that, you starred in Jesus Christ Superstar Mm -hmm. as as Mary Magdalene. Tell me how that happened. Well, this one really came about, I mean, it was wonderful. And I think, like so many things in my career, all these opportunities of... I've just kind of turned up. I've been really lucky. And I was invited in by ITV and they wanted to talk to me about a mentoring role. They were doing a casting show with Andrew Lloyd Webber, Looking for Jesus. And it sounded like 
great fun. I love the show. It's an incredible score. And working with Andrew was just, you know, mm-hmm. being a kid, growing up around musical theatre and loving it so much, it was so exciting to think about working with him. So myself and Jason Donovan were the mentors. And then that turned into a judging grow with Dawn French and Andrew. And when we were on the show, then Andrew asked me if I'd play the role of Mary, which was incredible yeah. because it's such a great role. There's beautiful songs. And it was an arena tour. And for me, it was the perfect mix because I'd done lots of arena shows with the Spice Girls. So it was kind of my love of theatre and my love of a rock tour and it kind of all combined yeah, into one. Yeah, because it is like a rock concert yeah. really, isn't it? Jesus yeah. Christ, superstar. So that that must have been. And would you like to do more of, of Andrew Lloyd Webber's shows? Are there any other particular Andrew Lloyd Webber show you think, I'd love to play that part? Yeah, it's always trying to find the right role, isn't it? Because people have said to me, when I was a kid growing up, I was a huge Madonna fan and Evita always yeah. appealed to me. Um, I'm trying to think of other shows. I went to see School of Rock recently and I love the show and it's got great music in it. It's really fun. But I don't think the role of the headmistress is best suited to me. I think she's a soprano and I'm a mezzo. So, um, so yeah, yeah, so I don't know, but I'm sure there's some roles out they there. They need to bring back another big production of Evita. Yeah, tell me on a be, Sunday. you perfectly right for that. Do you think? Tell me on a Sunday. Tell me on a Sunday. Is an interesting yes. one. It's a one-woman show, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So that would be a challenge. Yes. You could do that. Song and dance. They did it as song and dance, didn't they, with Wayne Sleep doing the. That's um, right, yeah. But but the singing role doesn't dance in that, does she? She doesn't dance. That's just a sing. Yeah. Sing for 45 minutes or whatever it is. I think I could handle that. I think you. (laughs) I'm not saying you couldn't. I think you definitely could. I I want you to tell me about living in Malaysia. Because oh, you, were, when you were a judge on yeah. Asia's Got Talent, yeah, how was that? It was amazing, and it's you know the whole judging thing. I did a little with um, Superstar, but it's not really anything I've I've thought about wanting to do. I've never had ambitions to do it. But when I was invited to to go over to Asia to do Asia's Got Talent, I just thought, wow, it's such an interesting continent, and they've ne- never done it across a continent before. And I've worked there, of course, you know, with the Spice Girls and with my solo career. And I just knew how diverse it was as a place and, and so many interesting traditions. And it was a really brilliant thing to do. And we had um, two fantastic judges from that part of the world, Angun, who's a beautiful singer, and Van Ness, who had been in a boy band and is an actor and a choreographer and a dancer. He's just everything. He's a triple threat, if yeah, there ever was yeah, one. Yeah. And um, David Foster, who, of course, is just an incredible songwriter and producer. So that was another wonderful experience where, again, I learned so much. And you were living and you know, yeah, having your life was, in, in Malaysia. It, How... it was chunks of time. It, it was never, um, I think the longest was maybe two and a half weeks. Oh, okay. So, so you it wasn't sort of too like long. Yeah. Completely settled. There. Yeah, my little girl's eight. So, well, at the time, it's a couple of years ago now, yeah. isn't it? She was younger, but still at school. So it was kind of in between being around for her and her popping out when she could. And so I could never be away for too long. Yeah. So she didn't start going to school in Malaysia or No, she didn't. No. I would have been. Yeah, I, I went to school in Singapore. Didn't ah. do me any. Well, didn't we, we do me any harm. We were in Singapore. Was, yeah. We worked in Singapore and Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. A nice place to be. Now I'm going to ask you about. I don't I know you're sporty spice, but you really are sporty because you do triathlons, <laughs> don't you? Yeah. I know you did do yeah. the London triathlon. Mm-hmm. Are you still doing that? I've done London three times and I'm definitely a frustrated athlete at heart. Mm -hmm. I discovered triathlon in 2011. I was invited along to, um, to do the sprint triathlon for a charity. And I just thought, 
you know what, I actually quite fancy that. And I'd made a bit of a New Year's resolution to say yes more. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is an opportunity to say yes. And I did it and I loved it and I got bitten by the bug. And I then did more in 2013. And then last year I had my most successful season and yeah I got my personal best at London which was incredible um, and I do I love it and I had these high hopes to do age category for team GB mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know yes, put all the work should. in and you know what it's something I'd love to do Masters but, Triathlon that's what you've got to do yeah. head for that which so is your strongest discipline I'm actually I'm quite equal Across right. all three, okay. which is unusual, yeah. isn't it? I don't really excel at any, but I'm pretty decent at them all. Yeah, because most people have a sort of yeah. real strength and then they do the other two sports yeah. and try and make them catch up with their really strong one. But yeah. if you can be equal in all, that's yeah. probably a good place to be. Yeah. You could do Masters try and then and then an Ironman maybe? Maybe, we'll start with a half. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I've been to spectate an Ironman triathlon. It's not Goodness a pretty sight seeing not. those people at the end of it. Yeah. Really not. That freaks me out. It, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure it's entirely good for you. No, I don't think actually. so. You see, I love a challenge, but when it gets to the point of, yeah, not being the best thing for you, I'm, mm. I'm not too sure. Talking about challenges, the Zambezi River. Yes, that was amazing. Well, I was invited by Comic Relief, Helen Highwater, and we were kayaking, canoeing, and whitewater rafting down the Zambezi for five days, living in the bush, setting up our own tents. I'd never set up a tent in my no. life. And it was myself, Chelsea Healy, Dara O'Brien, Greg James, and Philip Sudowu. It was Oh, Jack D as well. Jack D was there, of course. So it was a crazy mix of people. And it was just one of those experiences in life that you'll never forget. And it was incredible. It was petrifying. Of course, hippos were the scariest thing we had to avoid. But we did it. Yeah, because they're really properly dangerous, aren't they, hippos? Yeah. I think they kill more people than lions or anything like that, don't they? They do. And we were, um, you know, on quite tight schedules sometimes and we were all useless at the canoeing and everything. Some of us better than others. (laughs) I was one of the useless ones. So, of course, we had to get somewhere before nightfall because once it's dark out on that river, you can't see a thing and then you're in real danger. So there was some, uh, yeah, some hairy moments, but it was brilliant. We raised over a million pounds and we ended up building a school between two villages that we'd visited. So it was a real success. See, I love that. I love the idea that you do a thing for charity, but you actually do something creative as well, you know, that, that something properly gets yeah. done with, yeah. with the money and, and, and with what you, you do. Because yeah. otherwise we can all go walking around China for money, but actually someone's just paying us to have a holiday. <laughs> often well, what it, I think about feels, those challenges. Yeah, it, it felt a little bit... <laughs> like a cheat because it was such a wonderful experience but um at times i did question why i was there yeah yeah but you clearly do like a challenge i do so uh musical theater wise yeah so we talked about andrew lloyd webber shows mm-hmm. are there any other big challenges you'd like to take on in musical theater um well a challenge that i i always talk about and i've never got around to doing it is actually more straight acting Okay. Which is something I've mm-hmm. never done. So that's on the bucket list. Um, Broadway's on the bucket list. I'd love to do something out there. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, I need to do some more research really to have a think about what roles I feel I could do well. Yeah. What, what if you could be a character from musical theatre, mm-hmm. not play them, mm-hmm. but actually be Actually them. be the character. Who that's would a you question. be? Oh my goodness. I, I might need a bit of time on that one. Um... <laughs> 
Is there anything you've seen recently that you've thought? I'm trying to think. Well, the thing that, that sprung to mind, and it's a wonderful show, um, is Beautiful, the Carol King musical, yes. which I absolutely adored. Um, and if people haven't seen it, I really recommend it very highly. I've been lucky enough to work with Tim Minchin um, in Jesus Christ Superstar. And of course, Matilda of course is incredible. And Groundhog Day. It's wonderful as well. Yeah, really good. I'm dying to see that when that comes back because that's on Broadway now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But it's coming back here. Mm -hmm. All right, any of them? Well, lots of them then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's thinking of the ones, isn't it? Because I kind of, when I go to a show, I don't really think about being in the show. I just go, really, as a lover of musical theatre, you know? So, yeah, I need to have a think about it. All right. Well, we'll let you do that. But you're, (laughs) you're, because you're touring at the moment, you're off to, to Denmark, Germany and Switzerland. That's yeah. correct. How are, the, how are the scanty audiences? Yeah, well, it's been a while since I've been out there on my own, actually. I recently completed my UK and Ireland tour. I've got lots of festivals and live performances through the summer. And I'm getting out to South America as well, which is quite exciting. Oh, where in South America? Yeah, I'm going to um, Brazil. Yeah, Fabulous. I'm going to spend some time oh, well, in Mexico they know how to party well. in Brazil. Yes, yeah. yes. So they, it's lovely, actually, because obviously from my time with the Spice Girls... We have a huge, we still have a great international fan base and, mm. and they are so loyal. And when I played here in London, I think there was about 100 Brazilian fans that I'd flown over especially. Wow. So I think it's time I paid them a visit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think you'll have a great time. You've got to go to one of those, they, they have all these restaurants where they carve the beef off the off the skewer thing come round to the Brilliant. table. So I've heard about people who were out at the Olympics and yeah. that said they are just amazing restaurants there. So I'll check I'm sure you'll enjoy that. Is it, it's a bit lonely without your Spice Girlfriend when you're touring on your own. I'm used to it. You don't do you miss it not do you miss it not during this the performance but the downtime. The dine, yeah. Um I, do you know what? It sounds terrible to say I don't <laughs> You don't. No, that's fine. No, you don't do you, miss them. Do you know no. what? My my time with the Spice Girls was so amazing and it's something I'm so super proud of and we were all still really good friends and you know, we have our ups and downs like all friends do. But, you know, we experience something so unique yeah. together. And I love to work with them, but it has to be for quite short periods of time because we drive each other mad. And when we were together the first time round, we were all in our early 20s. Emma was even younger, but we had no responsibilities. We all shared the same vision and it, it was perfect timing. Now, you know, we have families, yeah, you've got your own we have lives own careers. Now. So it, it's quite different. So we, we love to socialise, but working together is a bit different. Mm. <laughs> uh, what, what's your tattoo on your wrist mean? I've got um, oh, two. I've got yeah, love and happiness in Tibetan on my oh, wrists. They're very lovely. Yeah, the nice things to have. Yeah, not love and hate on your knuckles. Yeah, or it was no. it was my mantra at the time. I was I was looking for it and and luckily it found me. Yeah. So you've been doing a magic request show on yeah. Sundays. Do you, now, do you filter these requests or are you honest about that? <laughs> well, we know. get lots of lovely, lovely requests and it's really funny because accidentally sometimes shows take themes. We've had lots of weddings one particular Sunday and then lots of, you know, um, lovers who've been together for many years and anniversaries. So it's, it's, it's really romantic, people decorating. It, yeah, yes. it's Yeah, it is. It's nice. Yeah. I like a request show because... You know, I don't think we tell people often enough how much we appreciate them. And I think a request on the radio is the perfect way to do yeah, it. Yeah, I think people, a it's, a, it's, a, it's a way of doing it without being quite direct. If you're a bit shy about doing yeah. it, you stick it on a request show. Yeah, just make and sure they're And then it's listening. really romantic. Yes, and make sure they're listening. Because <laughs> if they're not, then it would be a waste of time. Anyway, well, thank you so much it's a for pleasure. chatting to, thank to you. us. And um, well, good luck with the tour. 
I'm Alice Arnold, and that was the end of season three of the Musicals and Theatre podcast, but we're going to be back with more fabulous guests for season four, starting in July. And in the meantime, you can hear me on weekend mornings on Mellow Magic between 6 and 10 a.m. 